Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we talk about quiet quitting a little bit. And if you're unfamiliar with the concept, we define it in the episode. So don't worry, we give you a little bit of background. And this is kind of a a cool episode. It's technically episode 400 of The Doug Show, which sounds uh, like a just huge number. I, I can't even imagine that I recorded that many episodes and technically, uh, because I did some funny numbering and do bonus episodes occasionally, this is actually like the 420th episode or something like that. But per the numbering, this is episode 400. So thanks everyone for coming along for the ride. And I'm looking forward to a lot more shows in the future. This particular episode turned out absolutely different than what I thought it was going to be. So number one, this is a live stream that I recorded with some friends. I do a live stream with Mark Mars and Adam Smith from Niche Website Builders and Alex Cooper from WP Eagle. Alex was out. So he he took a vacation day. He called in. He had a PTO day that he was able to use. So we we gave him that PTO day. And we had our friend Elena sit in who works with Adam and Mark. So we do this niche lifestyle show as a live stream over on YouTube. And we alternate channels. So I encourage you to check it out. If you go to any of our channels, you'll be able to see back in the archive some of the recorded episodes. We've been doing it about six months or so. And... Quiet quitting is something that I kind of heard about, but technically because I don't spend too much time on social media and I don't have TikTok on my phone, I wasn't really aware of quiet quitting from a viral perspective on social media until other people told me about it, which was cool. I mean, if something is that sort of a cultural phenomena, then you hear about it from other people because it's so compelling that they want to tell you about it. When I heard about the concept of quiet quitting, I thought, oh man, this is great. <laughs> this is great. I did that probably 15, 16 years ago after the the honeymoon period of me getting a job right out of school wore off. I then uh, became jaded, tried to play along with the corporate politics, but it really wasn't my speed and I kind of limped along for a few years until I got laid off and it turned out to be a great thing for me to get laid off. Anyway, quiet quitting was the topic for the show and I kind of expected that we would mostly agree. I was absolutely blown away that I sort of stood alone. Elena, Mark and Adam all sort of felt like quiet quitting was fairly negative. And I I certainly see their perspective, but I reference a movie, Office Space, a Mike Judge movie back from 1999 several times. And I think maybe I formed a lot of my opinions about work from the movie Office Space, which was not supposed to be an instructional movie in any capacity from, from what I could tell. It's satire and kind of pokes fun at, uh, you know, the corporate structure, politics, software developers, and the like. 
that's an industry I worked directly with. So I identified with it very much, even though I was still in college at the time, and then unfortunately formed many of the opinions of work from the movie Office Space. It's like basing your life philosophy on like fucking South Park or The Simpsons or something like it doesn't quite make sense, but I just rolled with it. So anyway, it turns out discussions are far more interesting if everyone kind of has a different opinion versus everyone agreeing. So in this case, I felt like it was a little bit of a therapy session. Um, you know, they were asking tough questions and I, I am aware of the other side as the, you know, corporation and employer and Mark and Elena and Adam all asked very good questions. And I wasn't like, you know, I don't have like a, a strong position in it. You know, if people want to work really hard or not work hard or whatever, that's cool. I don't really care. Do your thing and however it works for you. And everyone has a different set of priorities and values. And I just hope people think about their priorities and values before they, you know, go quote above and beyond for, you know, random companies out there that will potentially lay you off at a moment's notice and don't really care about you at all. Smaller companies are different. We dig into all the nuances here, but I'm super interested in hearing what your opinion is. So if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment about what you think of quiet quitting in the full discussion. If you have follow-up questions, you could ask in the comments. If you're listening on the audio side, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. If you agree with me, if you disagree, if you have follow-up questions, if you agree or disagree with Mark, Adam, or Elena, would love to get your opinion because I was just, I was really surprised that I was the only one who thought quiet quitting was great. So we get into some of the, the details. I'll link up to some of the articles that can inform you about the cultural phenomena in general. And towards the end, kind of the very end, I give you some of my, my pro tips on quiet quitting. Again, I was a bit of a ninja at quiet quitting for many years. I mean, this was circa 2005, 2006. I really didn't last too long, uh, with a, with a positive attitude. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's the, the darker, more pessimistic side of me when I, I look back at those years, but you know, it, it worked out fine. It, it worked out fine. Everything's great. But yeah, when I think back, I'm like, yeah, it was, a, it was a little bit negative. It was a little bit dark. I was trying to get out of some of those positions. So again, great discussion. Want to hear your opinions. Before we send it to the show, shout out to Ezoic, sponsor of the show. Their product, Leap, that helps your website load faster and get green and core web vitals. The cool thing with Ezoic is there's no page view minimum. So once you get your site up and running and you publish some content, you know, I, I like to have a little bit of traffic on the site already, but you can go ahead and sign up, start using tools like Leap. They have big data analytics that'll help you understand where the traffic's going on your site, what pages are earning the most money from an earnings per thousand visitors standpoint, EPMV, and many other tools that, um, you know, they're rolling out new ones all the time. So thanks a lot to Ezoic. And I think that's it. So we throw it back and forth. And if you hear me referencing what, you know, quote, people say, those are folks in the chat. So if you do want to come and join us for the Niche Lifestyle Show, 
We alternate it from my channel to niche website builders to WP Eagle. So you could just check in on any of our channels and we do that on Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Mountain time. So it's a bit early for me. I, I'm a little uh, rough around the edges that time of the morning um, if I don't wake up super early and work out ahead of time. But you could check it out. So have a, have a look if you're interested in participating in the chat or if you have a show suggestion. Okay, I'll shut up. Thanks a lot again for episode 400. Um, I really appreciate all the support and the people that you know shoot me emails. I know it's, it's tough to do um, when you're listening or watching these. You're doing something else often and you're not thinking, hey, I want to send an email. If you do, I absolutely love it. I read them all, reply back to most of them, even though sometimes it takes me you know, a couple days, a couple weeks to get back. So thanks a lot, folks, and I'll see you on the other side. We're going to talk about uh, quiet quitting a little bit. And I think um, everyone here on the call is uh, sort of lightly familiar with it. Um, but I'm going to read a couple uh, little highlights just in case people aren't familiar. And I, te technically, I'm not really on social media too much, but apparently quiet quitting got very popular in like uh, TikTok and, and Instagram and the social media area. So I didn't even hear about it until like my wife told me about it and some other people just mentioned it. Um, but I was like, oh yeah, I, I did that. I did that for uh, most of my career. And then eventually I got laid off. But if you're unfamiliar, there's a couple references so you can read more. Quiet quitting is broadly understood as a retreat from workplace ambition, and it's not a new concept. And there are some different interpretations, which we'll get into, but under any definition, quiet quitting means remaining in one's workplace while not actively going above and beyond. So that is kind of the general idea. So maybe you're sort of coasting in your job. Maybe you're not trying to do better. Um, some people take it in a, like a more aggressive stance, I think, where they're like actively trying to do less, but, you know, generally it's not trying as hard. So I'm just curious, we'll kind of go around, have, um, have you participated in, in quiet quitting and let us know in the chat too, if you've had periods or maybe uh, projects you were on or jobs where you were like, I'm kind of checking out from this. So we'll start with you, Elena, and then we'll kind of go around. One of my jobs as a chef, um, cause I used to work as a chef before I went into SEO and, uh, it was my, my job before my last one as a chef. And, uh, the owners were just, absolutely terrible like they were just really bad and not paying me as when they should have paid me and like they're taking money from my pension when they should have paid me and stuff like that so it's something really dodgy and uh there was a period where i said to myself well this is enough it's enough and i just started giving the bare minimum at work which i don't like to do but in that case i just felt like they didn't deserve my maximum and uh, I also had to give six weeks notice when I left, when I was leaving. So during those six weeks, I literally did, just did literally the bare minimum. I'm not proud of that because I don't, I'm not the type of person I like to do that, but they didn't deserve it. Uh, and I, I think that's the only time really where I did quiet quitting. And I did it before I gave my notice. So it was like probably a month or two before I gave my actual notice in. And so yeah, I've definitely done it. 
And I've definitely observed people who have done that as well at work in certain colleagues where they just don't, they just don't try. They don't even try to like do something on their own. They're just like, I don't know, you just assign them something and they'll just do it. But like, if they, if they don't understand it, they wouldn't ask questions. It's just, you can just tell they're not trying. And I, for me, that's like a sign that they're just not. They either hate their job or they just don't really care and they're just there for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of my experience with quiet quitting, I suppose. Okay, cool. And then how about you, Adam? Yeah, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever quite quit. Um, I think I don't. Well, I've never actually. I've never quite quit a full job. But you, you I've quite quit on projects within jobs. I think where it's something I don't like or something I just can't see working. Mark, I can see Mark smiling because I probably quite quit on some of our projects. And I need <laughs> Mark with them if I don't believe in them. <laughs> um, but I think I think there's different levels of, of quiet quitting as well because, like like Elena said, I think it's, this is not a new thing. I think this has been around for a long time, and it's it's become popular now because of TikTok. I've seen the TikToks, people are saying they're quiet quitting and stuff. But really, like it's just people who don't take pride in their work or aren't engaged in their work. Um, and I think that comes down to two things. One is them as a person, uh, but also it comes down to the company and the management. Like if you are not being engaged and you're not being pushed and you're not being managed from a kind of company perspective, then what's the incentive? If you've not set targets which are ambitious but, but achievable, for example, then you're never going to push yourself and you might get into that lull of, well, I'm doing all right, I'm coasting, nobody's on my back, nobody's watching. So I think it, I think it works both ways. I think there's there's onus, onus on both sides for quiet quitting. All right. Interesting. And I like uh, how <laughs> you quite quit on projects i mean that that makes sense i mean we all like if you lose interest in it then it makes sense so um how about you mark yeah i find it a really hard concept to kind of get my head around a little bit um i rather than quite quit i'd rather just quit and then find something that i that engages me like if, if i've got to the point where i'm i'm just turning up because i'm not engaged enough in my job that i mean i, I can't think of anything more miserable to just turn up because you just dislike what you're doing. You're so disengaged in your job. You spend 40 hours a week doing that you will just rather sit there and quietly do the minimum than actually just actually quit and find something that's going to engage you and find you more interesting and you want to be passionate about and you want to you do more working, so uh, more work for. So for my personality type, like I find it really hard to – to even see understand that as a concept like either if you don't like it get out do something else if you do like it then it should be something that you're, you're passionate about and then you, you don't want to quite quit you actually want to you want to progress you want to get further you want to do more things so um, yeah I, 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 the whole the whole concept um, i find a struggle i, I, I want i now want to hear how doug quite quit for years now then given yeah. <laughs> given that uh, <laughs> so this is great i have a completely different take I am shocked by all of your responses. And the thing is, you guys saw Office Space, right? You know Office Space? That's the, is that the, um, uh, the the Superstore one? No. Oh, no. I know. I know. This is, is that the, the 1999 guy the- Mike, Mike Judge movie. Yeah. So basically, 
the bare minimum is exactly what you're supposed to do, right? They set the bare minimum. They're like, here's the assignment, do the assignment, and then you do it. The company, so I'm, I'm taking an approach where it's like the corporation is giving you the bare minimum. They're not giving you good raises. They're overworking you. Mark, you said like 40 hours. We were doing like 50 55 hours working weekends and stuff like that. So when I think about quiet quitting, I'm like, <clears throat> the corporations are like taking like a, a big amount of our time. They're trying to get us to do more and pay us less. And they give us very small raises. Um, promotions are usually, and it depends on where you work, right? So Adam, you hit on that. So it's like management and the corporate culture. So that, that matters. But typically the places I worked, it was like, we're trying to get as much out of you and pay you as little as possible. So they're literally doing the thing that the quiet quitters are trying to do. Now, what I did uh, to your point, Adam, is, you know, I, I actually was pretty well indoctrinated and going through orientation and you're traveling and you're working with people that like bought into climbing the corporate ladder. So I, I like tried that for a little while, but it was like kind of pointless. And eventually I figured out like it was all politics. So it wasn't the work you were doing. It was like how you presented yourself and how you marketed to get promoted, not the work that you were doing. So once I stopped doing so much work and I started focusing on getting promoted, I got promoted. Like it was a complete joke. And I like followed a little um, kind of a process that one of my friends told me about who was a couple years ahead of me. So anyway, um, I started working on that. And then because I had some freedom, I was quietly quitting, right? So I was doing the bare minimum, getting my job done. And I started working on side hustles at the same time. So I think some people are actually getting like two jobs and like working remotely on the two jobs that crossed my mind. I never actually did that. It wasn't as um, acceptable to work remotely back then, but I was like, all right, I'll do the bare minimum. I'll earn money so I could reinvest in my business and good benefits, all that stuff. And then I'll just work on my stuff on, on sort of my time. But I was just like, optimizing over here, really efficient, doing the bare minimum, and then I would work on my own stuff. So that's why I'm, I'm surprised because like you could take advantage of the companies who have been taking advantage of us for many years and then uh, reinvest and do whatever you want. So that's, that's my overall take. I think it's generally <clears throat> great. I mean, it would suck if I hired someone who was quiet quitting, but I would probably, because I'm a quiet quitter myself, can see through that shit yeah but so you were I making change it. doug though so like you were like i said you know if you don't like it change it but you were right but, but you but the yeah. way you were doing that it's a safety net way of doing it you're keep keeping an income coming in whilst working on the other stuff so it's effectively the same thing i think um, right i guess you had to quite quit because you couldn't afford to like just quit i guess at that point so right um, but you weren't just sitting there going i mean when you think about like all the greatest things that humans have done over time you think like pushing the boundaries of change and I don't know, and technical challenges and getting to Mars. It's like, just imagine like the workforce all doing that. Like, yeah, we're going to do it by doing the bare minimum. We're going to get there. And, you know, just yeah. like, you know, just like, uh, yeah, the whole things. Yeah. Crazy. Well, and I think, yeah, yeah. And I think like maybe you guys um, are, are thinking more of like, you're the corporation, you're the employer, but I'm like, 
I, I want to work for myself and I'm like, I, I don't want to put up with a BS of politics. And I feel like the people that are getting most upset about quiet quitting are the people that have a lot to lose from it. And they're like, oh, we don't have the leverage or power dynamic that we had before. And people can go and get another job or just say, oh, you know what? Uh, like, I'm going to do the bare minimum and you can't hire anyone else probably to do the same thing for the same price. So, okay. And I'm curious in the, in the chat, do people think I'm crazy or, um, I mean, even, even as an employee, right. I didn't do that. Like, so like my expectation is if I'm working, if I'm working harder than the next man and putting the hours in and showing some passion for my, and respect for myself to not just sit there, like slowly quitting and actually doing some work and actually doing some benefit for the company, then I expect to be noticed for that and, and promoted for that, right? And in my experience, that's the kind of what happened, right? I had to, of course, you have to do a bit of marketing around yourself and actually show what you've done. But the fact that you've put in that work and that that stuff, <clears throat> and I mean, are we talking about here? Are we talking about this? This talking about additional hours? But are we also talking like you're saying the bare minimum? The bare minimum is almost like you could take that two ways. It's the bare minimum. Minimum could be I'm just doing enough so I don't get sacked, but like that's it. And then there's also when I'm there, if I'm there, if I decide I'm not going to do any extra hours, I'm just going to do my 40 hours. Am I giving it all my all in those 40 hours or am I doing still the bare minimum? Because I'm still spending the same amount of time at work. Am I trying hard or not trying hard? Like I'm still there. Like, right. There's so many. I, I, don't have, I just don't have no. If I just sat there thinking, hang on, is this. I think I could get away with not doing that. I won't do that, and I'll just sit there and yeah. cruise YouTube instead. What a waste of fucking time. Just get on with it, do some work, and uh, yeah. <laughs> what, I, I, I just don't like. That's not me. I just don't. Yeah. What I mean, I, I was, um, and then I'll, I'll kick it around. Otherwise, I'll just do a whole monologue on on, on this. But at at the best, I mean, I was I was getting my work done more than just like not getting fired. Although I eventually got laid off but it was for other stuff typically and technically. Say, did, you get, did you get laid off because everyone was quite quitting and the business went under? Cause the <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing, the thing is I, so I delegated almost everything to my team. So I only had to do like the things that only I could do, which is what you're supposed to do. And it actually helped the team out because then they were like performing above their role and they, they were going above and beyond. And I only did that for people that wanted extra work. So some people didn't want extra work. They were busy with family or whatever. So it was just the people who wanted to do more. I was like, here, you can take this thing. You own it. Let me know if you need help, that kind of stuff. But at the very best, we were actually like traveling some. And I was like working from my phone, which this was like 2013 to 2015. It was not as sophisticated. Actually, no, it was like 20. <laughs> Uh, 2010 to 2015. So these are like 3G phones. Like it was not what we have today where you can like do a Zoom call from your car on like high speed um, cell cell phones, right? So this was like, I could barely send a text message, but I was like getting by. So that was probably the, the worst of it, but I was still getting my job done and my team was taking care of the rest. So it's literally, I mean, I was performing like, what we're trying to do really. Um, yeah. So Elena, any, any feedback or thoughts on, uh, what I mentioned the way I was handling it? 
Well, I guess if you if you did your job and things were running, like what's the problem? <laughs> so, you know, it, it didn't it didn't just like I don't know came to work late every day and didn't get stuff done when they should have been done. Uh, so I guess I guess I guess that's a form of bare minimum that that Mark mentioned. Uh, that's not to get you to do it so that you don't get sacked, but it's just to do it so that things still run smoothly. But you're not going beyond, you know, to make sure they're really done well and that you're checking everything and you're, you know, stressing about is it, is it okay, is it not? Uh, but again, like, you know, I, I don't like minimum effort anyway, so I always try to go, beyond, you know, over and over beyond uh, to make sure things are well. But people are different and some people do that without quite quitting. Some some people just do it just like that, you know. It's just their personality that they like to work nine to five, half an hour break, and at five o'clock they check out and that's it. But again, it depends really on the situation and what their personality is like. So, yeah. Luke mentions that quitting is uncomfortable for many, but in most cases, people can resolve their unhappy work situations by talking with their bosses. Quitting isn't always the solution, but sometimes it is. And I think that is a great point, Luke. Um, I think I I probably worked in a bad industry because I'm like <laughs> talking to your boss is uh, doesn't really help. It can maybe get me off the project, but that's essentially quitting. So potentially it was a tough industry and I'm a bad employee. So this is all, this is like a therapy session for me. Well, I, I guess just on Luke's point there, like uh, when I was working for the agency and I was doing my websites on the side, like I'd done eight months of, and I didn't, I didn't quite quit. I was working in the same level at the agency as I've always done and working twice as hard on my websites in the evening and weekends. And then when I sold the websites, I didn't quite quit. I could have just quiet quit and carried on doing website stuff. But I, like Lucy, I went and spoke to my boss and said, can I do, can I drop down my hours? Can I do three days a week working at the agency? Because I want to do two days a week working on, on my websites. And they said no. And in that case, like not once did it cross my mind to say, okay, and then quiet quit and do the bare minimum work on my websites. <laughs> like that just did, it doesn't even cross my mind. It's just like, all right, well, the situation doesn't work. I'm just going to quit, actually quit and go and do my own thing rather than quiet quit and work on the side. And I don't know. I, I don't know. It might be because I'm a people pleaser, but I couldn't think of anything worse than doing the bare minimum, thinking that my boss is thinking they're lazy or they're not doing their job properly or they used to perform really well, but now they don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. if it, it, it might be a personality thing even as right. well. And I think um, another end. Go on. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I have one more sort of off. Go for it. Um, so from Office Space, also there's this scene where <clears throat> Jennifer Aniston has the flare on, and her boss is like, "Well, 15 is the bare minimum," and she's like, "Well, I have 15." And d do you guys remember this scene? You have to watch Office Space again. It's a very no, like it captures what we're talking about very well. Perhaps that's why I identify so well. So. Essentially, she works at a restaurant. She has her uh, apron on and there's all these buttons, pieces of flair. And they're supposed to have 15 pieces of flair. And she has 15 pieces. But the boss is saying, well, this other employee, he has so much more flair. And she's like, well, I have 15. And the point is, she's done the bare minimum. Change the minimum if that's not enough. Like if they want more work, change the minimum. So like I think the semantics are. I mean, maybe I'm digging in too much. 
and I have a bad attitude, but okay, Mark, what, 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 are you, what were you about to say? I feel like I keep ranting, but like, um, <clears throat> just to like, um, make my, uh, just to be like clear, like, you know, definitely like as I've got older, I definitely kind of value like putting in more time and spending more time with people and family and friends than, than like, just like, like there's been times in my life where work was my life. And I've definitely kind of gone uh, like further down the road and thinking a little bit differently. But I'm just thinking about like something. Uh, <clears throat> if you think about like, um, so would, if you were working for yourself, so say you decided to quit your job and, you, and you're running your own business, you're going to like quite quit. If you're going to you know, quite quit on yourself, you can probably only think about, you know, there's only so much you can expect to do, right? But, you know, it depends how ambitious you are. But I also, th also think about, you know, like a healthy economy. A product, a product, a productive economy is a healthy economy, and, and as a as a group, we try, you know, as a, an economy, as a country, we try to do well to help the country do well, which means we get better transport, better health service, all all of those kind of things, right? In theory, also the same for a business, right? If a business is every, all of those employees are productive and motivated and working hard and want to work hard for the business, then the business does well as well, and then. In theory, that kind of filters back down in kind of like remuneration and benefits and kind of all, all of those kind of things. And I, and I always remember there was um, <clears throat> going to the extreme. When I was just starting my working life and I was quite sort of passionate about working, I had a friend who was the total opposite to me. And he was a best friend, but he, he kind of fell out on this. Like he, he just wanted to um, get benefits, right? He just wanted to sign up for benefits. And he did that for years. He was doing it for years. And he was just like going to the job center and making excuses every week that he had applied for jobs, couldn't get jobs, but actually he didn't ever want a job. What he wanted to do was like work on benefits. And I'm like, man, like that's not how the world works. Like we work in like, like if you go back to like when you used to have to farm land and like wherever you grew, that was yours to eat. Otherwise you'd starve. Like you have to do some work. And like, that's how you just roll that up to like, how well we are today, like we all work so the economy can run so that we can have food and so that we can do things. You, you can't just, and he goes, but I don't need to. Like, why should I? Why should I bother? And I'm like, well, because that's like everybody else's money who's paying for you to live. Like when you're just, and you're not contributing. Like if you, if you either don't take the money because you, you don't want to be, be part of that system or you do. And like, I, I feel like, you know, I don't know. Like whenever I've, 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 I always feel like it's a community goal, like as a company or as a, thing we're all working towards the same goal to be uh to achieve and be better off whether that's a, an economy or a company or an individual even you'd never quite quit yourself would you like roll it right down to the individual you i mean i mean you might you might do the best i mean that's fine as well right if you just want enough to live and you just do whatever hours that takes to live and you want to spend more time with family and friends that's fine i think um but yeah I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I made any points in that. But like, <laughs> no, no, it's 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 good. The, like, this is a good discussion, and it's much better. Um, I think if we don't all agree, so that there's actually some discussion. So I, we're pushing back and forth, and this is fantastic. It's much much more interesting to listen to this discussion than if we all just say, "Yeah, I agree with exactly what you said." Um, Sonia brings up a great point here. Uh, we're just doing the minimum because we're getting paid to do the minimum. If you expect employees to go above and beyond for your company, then you should go above and beyond for their growth and benefits. And I think that is, you know, really well said. And that's what I didn't feel when, you know, you're like, hey, can I take this training? And they say no. 
or the the benefits aren't that great, or like I mentioned, raises were typically pretty terrible. Jason also mentions here that I am not crazy. Large organizations especially breed this lethargy in workers, and there may be some differences in uh, the U.S. versus U.K., Europe, etc. So that that could be something we're we're detecting here too. Um, and and I, again, I've worked in an industry where it tends to burn people out. And it's really easy to, um, it's really easy to like, you know, go all in and, and try to do the corporate stuff, but people burn out when they don't get results, even over, you know, the course of like a few years and stuff like that. Um, so there is like a big sense of like dissatisfaction. And one super interesting thing is right when I was quitting, um, at Accenture, right. So I worked there for a couple of years out of school, I was burned out. I was, you know, unhappy as I was leaving, like my last two weeks, someone new started. So he was pumped and he was, he was probably, I was 25 and he was like, say 38, had a couple kids. He actually went back to school. So he went back to school, got a degree, got this great job at Accenture and went through orientation. And he was absolutely so excited to work there and you could i mean our conversations were probably insane like he was so excited like oh yeah like what is it like to do this and that and i'm like ah it's okay but like it really sucks so he's pumped and excited and i'm just i'm like i can't wait to get out of here and as soon as i put in my notice like many companies they're they're like you're off the project we'll pay you for the two weeks but like you can't stay here anymore um they like take your laptop and all that stuff um so pretty crazy. Okay, we got a couple other uh, chats. Just here. to go back to um, just to go back to Sonia's point, though, if you can put oh, up yeah. that comment, Meg. Um, I, I guess the question in my mind in, in that situation is: if you feel like you are, if you feel like you work more than you're currently getting, why why stay in the current job if you feel like you are worth more than the employer value you at? Why are you not exploring that rather than just quite quitting and settling for where you are? Why are you saying, well, pay me more and I'll do more? Let me go and find a job that pays more and where you can, where you feel like you value and utilize your skills. I never understand why people are staying a job for, I mean, short term, fine, but prolonged term in a job that they don't feel valued in and they don't get rewarded for the skill set they feel they have when they can go out. And very easily, according, you know, some people are vocally about it. Oh, I could get a job tomorrow that pays me twice as much. Why don't you? And usually, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying this is all the case, but I think usually people overestimate their value and skill set and what they're worth as a in the marketplace. Um, and they feel like, oh, I'm worth more, but maybe they're not. And then I don't know. I, yeah. I, I just feel like, why, if I was in Sonia's shoes, why would I stay in a job that doesn't value me and pay me what I think I'm worth when I, I can go out and get a job that does? I don't mm -hmm. know. Or just speak to your boss, maybe as well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Before you speak to your boss and say, "Hey, I feel this is my worth," and if your boss says, "I think you have you have every you know right to say what your worth is," but I think this is your worth, and if you're not happy with the outcome of that meeting, you leave. Simple as that. And I think you know, for me, it was sort of complacency, and I will say the job market has shifted dramatically from you know the time frame I was talking about. It was like. The great recession it was like 2008 to 2012 or whatever so it, we weren't as mobile and now the job market 
has completely shifted. So that's why I'm like, I'm really glad that a movement like this is out there. So people are like, you know what? Fuck it. I will, I will quit. Um, but Elena, to your point, at least in the big organizations, there are so many structures and things, or at least my experience, you can go and say, Hey, I think I'm worth this. And you, you know, there's blog posts and uh, YouTube videos. You're like, here's all the reasons why I should get promoted. And th they would just say, Oh, great. Uh, we'll put it in for the annual review. And it could take like three years to like get promoted. Mm -hmm. So like the thing is you but don't know until you run through that cycle, but yeah, just on that point, Dave, I, I yeah. think if you are so confident that you are worth that, then surely you could go and find someone that would pay that for you. Uh, otherwise the market determines your value, right? Just because you think you're worth more, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are. Right. If you thought oh, I deserve a pay rise, these are all the reasons why an employer says that's awesome, but we don't value that here. That's not the value you are to us. Why would you then stick around and quiet quit? Why wouldn't you just go and say, have confidence in your values and skills and go and find somewhere else that does value that if that's truly how you felt? Right. And I think, you know, back, I think currently people should do that. And if I was in that position, I would definitely do it. But like I said, back then, like number one, complacency. Um, I yeah. did leave a job once for that reason and immediately got yeah. a raise, right? Um, and the other thing is like, they they keep promising you a little bit more. They're very good. They're very good manipulators too. So they keep promising you a little bit more and, and people are lazy. It's hard to switch jobs or at least it was harder when I was, I was back in it. Um, yeah. So I think the environment's becoming more and more challenging for businesses, right? I think like <clears throat> there's so many pre external pressures. I think maybe, maybe different for corporates that are only earning billions of dollars a year or whatever and they've got you know lots of money but even then you know even giving all of their workforce a small pay rise probably adds up but like there's, there's definitely more pressures like in the uk like these things like used to get <clears throat> there used to be good tax breaks for like business owners so if you were the way that you got paid through dividends and stuff versus through paye which is pay as you earn which is just general payroll like it used to be benefit because you're taking the risk, you're starting a business, you get taxed at like a, at a more preferential rate. Well, now it's very, very, very equivalent to an employee in the way that you get uh, taxed as a, as a business owner. But also, you know, like, this is like topical for, for the UK. Like we, our corporation tax is 19% at the moment, which is the tax for the business. They were going to move it up to 25% in April. They decided they were not going to do that. And then three weeks later, they decided they actually are going to do it again. So now it's going to back up to 25%. And I, <clears throat> there's all of these kind of pressures. Like, other oh, businesses just trying to do their best and try to survive and achieve and reward their employees. But that's getting harder and harder and harder like, over time, I think, because of the global economy. And just actually, like, <clears throat> how often do you have to keep raising taxes? When is it going to stop? Like, the, the system that we're in just doesn't, isn't going to work, like, kind of long term. The, the, uh, yeah, uh, the way that the, the world runs is definitely going to come burn to a halt at some point. But like, I think it's. I think it's, uh, maybe that's why. Maybe it's my boy. It's more. It's more of a thing now. There's loads of pressures on businesses that maybe <clears throat> can't give as much as they would like to their employees, and then the employees are right on the other hand, like are expecting more. And that there's maybe a mismatch there. But it's kind of not the business's fault or the employee's fault. It's just kind of the world we live in now. Right. Fruit Bat Cat says, I can't think of anything more soul destroying than quite quitting. 
But then I've been self-employed since 1994. How do you even cope having a slow day like that? So I'll jump in here and say, I think, you know, Mark, you highlighted it well. So when I was quiet quitting for uh, several years, I was doing other stuff. So I was always challenged and learning things. And Mark, you brought up another good point. Some at some point in someone's uh, career, hopefully, you're like, I have other interests. I'm going to die someday. And like, you're past middle age, like I'm past middle age, right? Um, and you're like, ah, I want to do other stuff, not work. So my overall thesis, I think, is I'm cool with the quiet quitting. And I would definitely encourage people to, you know, find another job you like. That's cool. But the best thing is to work for yourself, like Fruit Bat Cat Mitch mentions here. And I think probably all of us would say, yeah, working for yourself is a decent option if that's a, a thing you want to do. But then you have the ability to, you know, Fruit Bat Cat, you're talking about having a slow day. Slow days are awesome. Th- those are fantastic. Those are some of the best <laughs> days. I mean, you can do whatever you want. So if you're quite quitting in an effective way, maybe you're spending time outside, maybe you're hanging out with your family or something like that, and you're doing things that are really valuable to you instead of, you know, wasting time in meetings. And that, that's one of the things, right? Like I, I was in a, a bunch of meetings where I was like doing like help support kind of stuff where I was managing a team over a weekend or something like that. So I'm literally just like idling, like I'm not doing anything productive. So most of the, you know, slow days were just me wasting time at work because it was a consulting environment. So FaceTime was really important. So, you know, if you can, if you can work for yourself, I think that's one of the best things you could do. Cause then, you know, you're working on projects you want to work on. Mm-hmm. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, in theory, if you're working for yourself, then you're doing stuff that's that you want to do. <laughs> that's interesting. So, and and it's all for you then, I guess. At the end of the day, right? I guess the the problem of doing overtime or extra hours or feeling like you're doing more is you're not gaining really from that, apart from maybe like experience, learning, pride, whatever. But someone else is gaining from that. Whereas if you're doing it for yourself, it's all it's all upside for you in theory. <clears throat> yep. And let's see. On the so, point, can you get can you get sacked for being pregnant in the US? Because I saw someone mention that. No, you're not supposed to. No, <laughs> no, no. The, like I think, um, I was going to say I think that's like one of the very protected areas. Um, so yeah. I think there was probably a time like years ago where that you know that could have been the the case, but now I mean it would be it, the company would be in a lot of trouble. I think. Um, and again, a couple articles. So people want to check out and read a little bit more. So one of the other sections, it says, um, what's the deal with quiet quitting? We're seeing the phrase be used in two different ways. One concept is removing yourself from the climb the ladder mindset or decelerating the career ambition to focus on more, um, to focus more on other aspects of life. It's usually considered rebalancing. And I think that's kind of the angle that I look at, you know, it mentions also new parents who realize there's so much more to life than working myself to death and they want to spend time with their family. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And it can be taken um, to the extreme and it could be used for um, people that are not happy with their job. 
and may think my job's awful. I don't like my company, so I'm going to quit putting in effort, but keep the paycheck. And there, you know, we're talking through the levels. So I, I never, there was never an issue with like the amount of work or effort that I was putting in. I just wasn't going above and beyond because it wasn't paying off. They were like, you're going to get promoted. And I didn't get promoted. So at some point I was like, well, you guys are lying or something's a mismatch here. So I was like, ah, I'll coast for a little bit, but interesting. I think, I think the true try quiet quitters are the ones you mentioned at the start, Doug, where they, especially in tech, where they get a job and then they outsource it and they get another job and they outsource it. I saw some crazy stories at the start of COVID when people started working from home about programmers getting a, you know, a, a very high paid job and then outsourcing the work to like someone on Fiverr or Upwork and then getting a second high paying job and doing the same. And they have three or four of these high paying full time jobs and they don't do any of the work themselves. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't have those sort of things when I was doing my stuff because I probably would have tried that. Sounds awesome. <laughs> I would have worked for all of the big fours <laughs> at the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah, I would have given it a shot because, I mean, a lot of the stuff was just like shuffling papers. And, I mean, there's so much inefficiency. It's uh, mind-boggling. Yeah. I'm, now, do you guys think there's like a cultural difference, like me being in the U.S. Um, versus your opinions? Because I'm, I'm really surprised that you guys think all the stuff you're saying. <laughs> I, I think there's... Um... I don't know about the UK versus the US, but I think there's definitely cultural differences the bigger the business gets, all the way up to government. I'm reading a book at the moment about like cyber warfare and stuff, and uh, talks about the inefficiencies of zero-day exploits and how hackers used to sell them to the government. And these exploits could be worth anything from $10,000 to you know a million dollars, depending on the severity. And they would sell the same exploit to five different agencies in the US, and they wouldn't there was so much red tape, they wouldn't know that they'd been sold the same exploit five times for five million. When if there was less red tape and they were more organized, and they were so, I guess the the point is the bigger the company, the less efficient there is efficiency there is around there. And I think that also may transpire into less engage, maybe a less engaged workforce, or you know, less. Uh, priority on individual targets rather than group targets which allow people to to coast and quiet quit whereas if you know if you if you just got yourself and one employee and they quiet quit it's very easy to see and do something about if you've got a hundred thousand employees and one of them quiet quits how do you find out like where do you how do you see that i think there's just that bloat then yep What about you, Mark? I don't know, because yeah, it's hard because we haven't worked in both places. I mean, I've got friends that now work in the US, but, um, but they've moved over. They worked, they worked in Microsoft in the UK and in Microsoft in the US. So I don't know if that's going to make any difference. Really. And I, I'm a guy who works for Facebook now, but they're major corporates. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What the, yeah, I haven't worked in both places, so it's hard to like, come, make a comparison, I guess. Okay. Elena? Technically speaking, though, Americans are uh, all about work i think and stuff like that because they, they get less vacation days than the, than the uk from what i've heard from some of my american friends so technically speaking they they think they do work longer hours but i guess how much are they actually working that's the question but um but yeah i think there is differences in terms of ethics probably in terms of how many hours you work over there but again i just heard mark say we haven't really worked there so it's hard for us to compare but based on what i've heard 
they do get less vacation days and they do work longer from what I've heard. But yeah, this is just based on what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And I think, you know, maybe one of the other things is um, Office Space did come out in 1999. So right when I was um, in college and doing internships and stuff like that. And it was f like formative years. So like I really identified with the movie and I mean, I was a software developer, right? So like it all tied in together and yeah, I think, I think maybe I, I took a lot of cues from, from that movie, which is maybe not the best place to take it, but I mean, it served me okay, but maybe I have a bad attitude. And the thing is, I can't imagine working for another company again. And I, for me, that's great. But for other people, I know that's not, not the thing. Um, very interesting. Okay. And fruit bat cat says rebalancing sounds far more attractive. That's why more, why most people go into self-employment in the first place, being in control of your leisure time is more important than control of your work time. Yeah. Cool. Very good. So any other broad thoughts from, uh, the crew here? And just on that point, I think that it, it depends when you're self-employed, when you're working for yourself. Sometimes, in fact, most of the time you end up working more hours because, you know, with having a full-time job, if you don't work a day, you just, I don't know, you don't just do the bare minimum or don't do anything at all. You can get away with it and still get the same pay paycheck at the end of the month. But if you're working, trying to keep the business alive and trying to be, bring the money yourself, I think sometimes you work a lot more than you actually think. Uh, so if you're lucky, I guess, yeah, you can plan your mate and, you know, have more family time, things like that. But often I don't think that's the case for most of the cases when it comes to working for yourself. I think most of the time you end up working more than nine to five than, than, you know, than not, mm -hmm. I guess. Perfect point. Yeah. Like it's not that it's not that I'm lazy. It's just the work that I was doing was like pointless. It was very pointless. So yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, especially if you're going to work for yourself, like chances are you're going to put in a whole lot more effort. You're going to want to do it. Um, so I, I mean, I think that makes sense. It's not that I'm lazy. It's just, I don't care, which is a quote from office space too. Let, 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 can I, can I ask you a question then, Doug? Uh, yeah. And this is just, I put my business on <laughs> my business on a hat on now. Like, if you own the business that you quite quit at, how would you feel with your as, as a as a business owner that your employee'd quite quit? How would that make you feel? The oh oh, so one of my employees quiet. Yeah, you you, you own the business that you quite quit at, basically. So one of the employees there, you own you own the business. Uh -huh. and, and they, you own Accenture. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, are you saying I am quite quitting on myself? No, no you, you own Accenture. Accenture. I would, okay. So f flipping it around, I'm the business owner. Mm. So, you know, one, a, a lot of people in the chat have mentioned like, oh, you want to make sure your employees are happy and they're fulfilled and blah, blah, blah. And like, I actually do that with a couple of the VAs. Like I literally give them new stuff. I'm like, hey, I know you're going to get bored if you do the same thing all the time. Do you want to learn graphic design? Here's some training. Like I give them new stuff to add variety for that reason to be continually challenged and so on. How would I feel? So... Um, you know, personally, I would probably feel a little sad, but 
if you're running a business, right? And this is, this is the equation. It's like, am I getting more value than I'm paying that employee? Yes or no. And it's like, okay, I'll keep that employee. If I think I can get more value from another employee and pay less then perhaps I go after them. There's other value components too. So it's not just like direct ROI. There could be cultural value or something like that. But you would have to, you know, view it like that. And I think that is what, especially a big corporation, like they have to view you as a number and they have no clue. And I, you know, people are like, oh, my company's good. My manager really cares about me. Your manager might care about you, like your direct manager, but like you go two levels up, they don't know who you are. They don't care. You're just a number and they will, they're like, oh, we can save this much by not giving a full raise. And then we'll swing the bonuses a little higher up in the org chart like that. Those are the discussions that happen. So, so yeah, did I answer your question? I feel a little sad personally, but like if you're running a business and your metrics are like, are we earning more money? Are we getting more value than we're paying out? Like that's how they make the decision. Yeah. I guess flip it back then as an employee, how would, how would you feel that your boss is thinking of you like that? And if you, if you, you know, if you, if they could find someone else, then they would get rid of you. Like, would that make you feel sad as an employee? Would you, do you think that would stop you from quiet quitting or would you just think, well, I'll just get away with it for as long as I can then until they do do that. And then I'm pushed out the door and then I'm forced to make a decision choice. This is literally what happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to work on my side stuff, do the bare minimum. And then eventually they laid me off. <laughs> So, you know, I guess you know then in the back of your mind that at some point, once you quite quit, and, well, I say at some point, there's a very likely potential that the employer is going to realize what's going on there and then you're going you're gonna to lose your job. And then you might as well have just quit and found something you like anyway. There, the mm -hmm. reason why I got laid off is because I didn't give a fuck. So I was like a lot more vocal. <laughs> so I was yeah. doing like entrepreneurship stuff in the company. So I had a lot of autonomy. So I was like, let's test this. Like I, I stopped asking permission from my boss and I was like, let's restructure the team a little bit and see if it runs more efficiently. So I was doing like cool stuff that was against the grain and that that's why I got laid off. So I like, I made the job more challenging and interesting, um, for myself without approval. I didn't really like that. So I'm a terrible employee, Unless, uh, I mean, if it was like a startup thing, like that's what they would want. They want someone to like make a decision, test it, and then tell everyone this worked or didn't work. We could roll it out. A couple things worked and we did roll it out, but like some things like didn't work or when they found out about it, they didn't know if like, it wasn't clear if it was working. Um, certainly, I mean, I was trying things, so not everything worked, but, um, I mean, you, you're potentially right. I don't think I was ready to like quit the job at that point. So everything just timing wise worked out, but yeah. Did you feel sad when, when you were let go? Did you feel like, oh, oh shit, like maybe it's because of this, you know? Did you ever feel, do you ever reflect and see, say, and think to yourself, maybe I let them down or maybe, you know, you ever reflect? <laughs> yeah. It feels like um, a counseling session. Now. I don't, I don't <laughs> think, I was thrilled. I, I was actually pretty happy and I was like, ah, I'm going to have a chance. Cause like I said, I, I was doing side hustle stuff for a couple of years. So I was like, I have a chance to, you know, try it out and it worked out great. I mean, it worked out fantastic. Um, and as far as like them being disappointed, um, I didn't care too much because they were my adversaries, <laughs> unfortunately, but there's a, there's a specific 
uh, time that I'll, I'll tell a quick little story. So <clears throat> I mentioned we were doing like shift work at times and sometimes working on weekends. So that was just a project. And sometimes I'd have to work from like whatever, 6 PM to, you know, two in the morning and sometimes on weekends and it was largely idle. So it was just like, I was the manager and I was there with the team and all that stuff. So I, I wasn't doing much and it was Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve. And they were like, Oh, we need you to come in tomorrow. We know it's last minute and we need you to do one of those crazy like night shifts. I said, no, I, I already have plans. I'm not going to do it. And they were like, well, this is not going to reflect well on you and your review is going to be bad. And I was like, that's great. That's great. Can I never work with you again? I mean, I didn't say that, but I was like, okay, I understand the consequences here, but I'm going to spend time with my family. So it was like a very clear decision. And, you know, you were asking Elena, um, did, did I disappoint them? What, did, what do I think? Did I reflect? It was a great decision because I took a stand and I was like, I'm not going to do this. I got a bad review. I didn't have to work with those people anymore. And they probably weren't going to bring me back on. Maybe they actually respected me more because I was like, fuck, fuck that. I'm not coming in again. You guys are, you guys are crazy. You keep like adding one more day on. So again, uh, maybe I had a bad attitude or something, but uh, for me, it turned out fine. And I don't, I don't dwell too much on the past. I'm usually forward looking. So yeah, that's for the best, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it worked out well for, for you, which is the most important yeah. thing. I think talk to your bosses though, definitely if you work for a smaller company um, like ours, because yeah. um, <clears throat> good good employees that are ambitious and pas passionate are, like, are hard to find, like like truly good ones. And like if you want, no, I know Elena like showed like really good, like she she was really kind of motivated and like ambitious, and <clears throat> we, we've had like conversations with her like along the way and. We kind of kind of shaped kind of a role for her and shaped things so that she can she can grow as a person and do things that she enjoys at the business because we value her as an employee and as as someone that we want to keep into in the business as well so i think um <clears throat> good people are like good people are hard to find so if you if you're if you're one of those good people that are working hard like don't be afraid to like chat to your boss and say look you know i've got bigger ambitions than where I am now. Like, how do I get there and what, what can I do? Cause that's exactly what Elena did. Right. So, and, uh, and we, we have, we've had those conversations for that reason. Um, it's a bit harder when you're at cor corporate level when you have to talk to your manager and he's only got so much yeah. that he can do, but like, you know, it was, uh, corporate only makes up so, so part of the workforce, right? A lot of people work for smaller businesses. Right. <laughs> 100% agree. I mean, I think, you know, with a smaller organization that people can actually make decisions. And like, if you do come in and say, Hey, I want to raise, like you potentially can get one. But I always worked at huge corporations with like 100,000 plus people, which I mean, honestly, it was perfect for me because like once you get into the middle management, so pro tip for all the quiet quitters out there, or if you want to get into it. Um, I have some great, I have some actual great tips. All right. So one, if you could hit the middle management area, that is perfect because um, you can delegate to your team and you can kind of coast. There's a lot of waste in that sort of middle management area. And I think it spans, you know, maybe like a, uh, like a mid-level to sort of a, a higher level manager. And 
even when I was working, we had these chat apps and it'll show like if you're online or not, right? And it's based on moving your mouse. Everyone familiar with this? <laughs> familiar with this? So, you know, you yeah, move your mouse and it shows a little green icon. If, if it's idle, it's orange. And what you can do is get, um, it's, it's an app called Auto Mouse Mover, something like that. And it'll just move the mouse, like the cursor, like one pixel over like every 10 seconds. So it looks like you're online all the time. If you don't have that and you can't install, you can get like a oscillating fan and then like, you know, tie the mouse. So it's always moving around on your desk. So just a couple Holy of shit, Doug. You've thought about this. <clears throat> the other thing. It's all over TikTok. There's loads of people doing this. So there's, there's loads of actual TikToks of people getting caught using this though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got to. So somebody the other day said they got called in by HR to ask what a, a application was running. The network had picked up this application they installed, and it was something like, uh, I don't know, it was called of like lazy.exe. And they were like, what is it? Just doing on your computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you may, you know, go old school, go analog, get yourself an oscillating fan, and it'll just go back and forth. The another one, which I mean, it's it's so sophisticated. Like things are so sophisticated now, but back in the day, it was kind of a newer option where you could schedule emails to be sent in the future. So again, pretty common now, but back in the day, it wasn't. And some of the more ambitious people on the team, they'd send emails at like two in the morning. And my friends and I are like, this is, what are they doing? They're making us look bad. Why are they working at two in the morning? This is dumb. So we started scheduling our emails to go out at like 10 at night, even though we like wrote the email like three in the afternoon. So just (laughs) schedule those out there. And it makes it look like you're working uh, much longer hours than you actually are. So those are, those are some of the the best tips and yeah i think you I know think you should be quite quitting 101 or a course or something <laughs> yeah i thought <laughs> about i i may do a couple of videos and the the other another huge thing so you know at the very beginning of the discussion we were talking about like the bare minimum one thing that i always did really well was admin stuff. So turn in your timesheets, never miss a deadline, reply back quickly. And then at least you're not like someone who's doing like making easy, dumb mistakes that it's easy to, you know, release someone for. So if you do all the admin stuff, right, there's very little to complain about. And this happened all the time. Like some of the the hardest workers, they wouldn't turn in their timesheets. They'd be like weeks late. I mean, get your admin stuff right, show up on time for stuff and you'll be great shape. So, all right. Any other thoughts on uh, quiet quitting? Doug, I think we better hire you as a consultant to make sure our employees are not quiet quitting. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's an angle at you for both sides of the market. You could be double agent. That's, that's a good point. I was going to say like, um, you know, it, it, it could have, you know, I could hire someone who does quiet quit, but you know, I, I can, I can. It's not the hacker that becomes the good hacker, right? It's like, you know, or, the, uh, or we hire Doug to be a consultant and he quiet quits on the consultant gig as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what would happen just slowly. I, I, ethical quitter. <laughs> We've hired Doug to go and find all the people that are just moving their mouses. And we find out Doug is the consultant's mouse. He's got a mouse jiggler himself. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be pretty funny. 
That's awesome. All right. So any, any other final thoughts? We had a, a good discussion here. I, I like that we completely disagreed uh, generally. So any other broad thoughts here? Don't quite quit. <laughs> Actually quit. And do some of you. you Actually quit. Quit. Yeah. yeah. I guess I guess that's a, that's a, that's a good question, is Doug. Um, you know, when you were quite quitting, it felt like a safety net, but do you think you would have been further along in a quicker time space if you just quit and took the plunge and went full time into your what you were doing or like do you think it hampered you quite quitting and doing it part time while you were quite quitting like i guess i'm trying to work out yeah was it the best decision or would it have been better for you if you just quit and done that straight away i think i think for me it probably would have been pretty close to the same so one as i mentioned towards the end of my corporate career, I was actually testing ideas that I was learning from podcasts and like the four hour work week. So I actually was able to take those ideas and use them in a much bigger organization than I would have on my own, which was pretty valuable. So I think for me, just because of the timing of things that like it actually worked out well, I also started like volunteering to do like big presentations and, and just doing extra stuff. Um, that technically was above and beyond, but it was stuff that I wanted to do. So I was like trying to, I was trying to take things that my bosses were doing. So that it was helping them out, but I learned some stuff. So Adam, I think you're right that probably most of the time, like if, if you just quit and get rid of that, uh, wasted brain space and energy and work on whatever you want to work on or get another job, it's, you're probably going to be better off. Um, like yeah. I said, job market was a little bit different back then. And I didn't have like a really good option to, to switch to. Um, and I, I mean, like I said, complacency is really I mean, the, the enemy here because I probably could have interviewed a bunch, but I, I just didn't because it was extra work. And, you know, I just, I just didn't, it was easier to just stay where you're at and coast. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So broad conclusion, maybe actually quit, you know, if you have the ability yeah. to quit. And um, I would say if, if you want to test out the quiet quitting, it could be kind of fun. You'll have stories to tell. It's all right. <laughs> I guess if you don't have the ability to quit, then then speak to someone first and foremost and see is there the, you know, do, do your employer, does your employee value, employer value the, the same way you view yourself? And if they don't think about quitting and finding something, someone that does, I guess. I guess you've, you've got to have conviction in your own value then. <laughs> There's no point quitting if you're the only one that values yourself at that level and nobody else does. <laughs> right. Right, right. And I, I like Japan Debunk says, I feel like I should get a proper job so I could try quiet quitting. It actually sounds fun. I'm, I'm like, that, that could be like a whole, I could do like a documentary or like a whole YouTube channel where I'm like, I'm going to get a job so I can see how long it takes to uh, like actually get fired when I quiet quit. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I would pay. I would pay to light for you to live stream that every week. I'm like, all right. I'm I'm not doing work. I'll do like live streams all day. Just hang out for like six hours or something. Never doing any work. I'll have to use yeah. a different name. Okay, this is cool. Uh, I was pretty surprised that the the crew was overall against quiet quitting. And I mean, they they came at it from sort of a positive attitude. I think where it's like. You shouldn't be wasting your time at a job 
that you feel like maybe they don't appreciate you or something like that. But as someone who has been in that job, I understand, I mean, most of, most of the issue is lies on my shoulders, right? I'm in a job that I don't really like that much. And maybe I don't like the management or the direction or something like that. But it was very easy for me to just actually do pretty well in high school, do pretty well in college, and then end up at a job like a quote, like good job at a good company and end up in a situation where most, I mean, a large number of the people that I worked with were pretty unhappy with the work that they were doing, the corporate politics, the raises, like all this shit. I mean, it's a cultural phenomenon for a specific reason. Um, but it was a little surprising. Again, the co-host here, they were, they were really uh, quite positive about it. They're like, take, you know, take action, do things that you want to do, keep challenging yourself, keep growing and so on. So I could appreciate that. It was just a little surprising. So thanks for coming along for the ride for episode 400. And I guess I have to do one of those obligatory episodes where it's like, 400 things I learned from 400 podcasts, maybe not 400, maybe I'll do like four, (laughs) four things that I've learned after 400 podcasts. I'm about to go on a, a plane, a plane journey tomorrow. So maybe I can jot down some ideas as I'm dozing off on the plane. I sleep pretty well on a plane. My wife though, she's, uh, she's often very nervous on a plane. She's anxious for like days leading up to it. And I'm just thinking, wow, I'm going to be able to sleep before we even take off. I just sit down and really just, I fall right asleep like a baby. When I was a, a kid, I would uh, fall asleep in the car pretty easily. And not just a kid, actually, if I'm riding in the car nowadays and I'm, you know, not driving, of course, I will doze off if I, if I let myself. So again, you can leave your thoughts at either as comments or on YouTube, or you can shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. And if you have any show suggestions out there, would love to hear them. So you could just get in touch with me, feedback at doug.show. And I think that's it for today. So we'll catch you on the next episode. And be sure to subscribe if you are not subscribed already, either your podcast player or YouTube, just wherever you're consuming, hit the subscribe and make sure that you'll get the new episodes when they come out. So thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later.